Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast through by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, or <clears throat> Frank Lomas and Solutions, the digit for anti-aging. With that being said, if you are listening to this and it's a podcast, you can catch us live at 712-775-8972. And when it prompts for the code, put in 910022 and you can join us live. We would be thrilled to have you along with us. Um, that TR90 program when you're first starting out is a good clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is best, but if you're not able to do that, do take them with your meals. They'll work. Um, it's just not quite as effective and as efficient as it would be otherwise. Drinking plenty of fluid to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking about 50 ounces of water. And if you're exercising heavily or if you're in a humid area, you'll need to increase that to offset what you're losing in body moisture. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That will give you macronutrients, micronutrients, and it will give you fiber. Fiber for good digestive health for the guys is 45 grams, and for us ladies, it's 32 grams of fiber daily. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. That helps your body do a whole bunch of system resets while you're sleeping. Your memories, both muscle memories and other memories, uh, it just does a multitude of things. And in, your brain's clearing out toxins while you're sleeping. So that's getting that good sleep is really important because it happens during various stages throughout the sleep cycle. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week because this is part of your TR90 lifestyle change. And that is one of the, the keys to it. And with that being said... Um, I'm going to jump into some information that I'm sharing with you out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease, written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And last week I spoke about how the um, that exercise was half of the equation, while the other half of the equation on the metabolic syndrome is the um, fiber that you're getting, and in that, in with that fiber, you're getting the macronutrients and uh, micronutrients, especially if you're eating vegetables closer to their more natural state. And we're going to jump into the right stuff: real versus manufactured, and why it's important. 
face it, we've got spoiled by previous successes. All of the classic vitamins work to cure their respective nutritional deficiencies, even when they are all when they are supplied in a pill. Perhaps because the only thing that's wrong is the undernutrition, the vitamin deficiency itself. But meta- metabolic syndrome is by more, far more complicated. Creating overnutrition is a much tougher nut to crack. Replacing something that's missing is a whole lot easier than taking away something that's in excess. Kind of like pudding. You can always put it back on the stove, but once it's overcooked, you might as well throw it away. And there, there are five theories as to why. The first is various items added during the processing of food, such as sugar and other preservatives, are even more toxic than we think, something that that ubiquitous and potent may just dwarf the beneficial effects of any nutritional supplement. Second, the processing of food removes something even more valuable than the micronutrients which remain unreplaced, and could there be something else in real food that is missing in processed food? Could it be the fiber itself? Could fiber be the real antidote to metabolic syndrome while everything else is just window dressing? Third, the simple act of food processing removes the food's native micronutrients just as the fiber is stripped. After all, many micronutrients travel with the fiber. Recall the beriberi story? It was polished rice stripped of its fiber that lost its native vitamin B1. Flavonoids, folate, and many other micronutrients are decimated by food processing. While it's enticing to think that we can put them back in a, with a pill, the data supports that once a food is biologically dead, it's unlikely that you can revive it with a sprinkling of a nutraceutical. Some anti and number four, some antioxidants, when furnished in high supply, are instead oxidants, performing the opposite effect. A perfect example of this is iron. Iron is needed to make all of the scavenger enzymes work, but too much iron brings its own level of oxidation. It's called rust, which, like the browning reaction, occurs inside you as well. And the fifth thing, nutraceutical supplements aren't subject to the same rigorous quality control standards as pharmaceuticals. The Dietary Supplement and Health and Education Act of 1994 passed by Congress virtually assured the nutraceutical industry a free pass on demonstrating both safety and efficacy of their products. In 2008, the IOM crafted lower limits for these substances, but no tolerable upper intake limits, which means the companies don't have to assure potency. Can you assure consistency from one batch to the next? Can you even assure that the native plant was accurately identified and put into the correct supplement? And does the consume and does consuming a thousand percent of your USDA 
recommended daily allowance of vitamin C have the same demonstrable effect on fighting the common cold? The only way the industry has gotten away with it so this so, for this so far is the FDA doesn't regulate them. That's one thing about New Skin is they have a six-step S process that actually, um, scientifically, they've been proving their and backing everything up. One thing's for sure, the $123.9 billion in 2008 industry accounting for 6% of all food dollars is a house of cards. Better to go with the tried and true answer to combat metabolic syndrome. We know it works. It has even more positive effects on our bodies, and it's a lot cheaper. And it tastes better. So what is the magic bullet? Unfortunately for Julio, it's not a new liver. Rather, it's called real food. And so today we're uh, also going to be jumping into environmental obesogens. Rebecca is a five-year-old girl who has gained 20 pounds in one year and is referred to us for premature breast development. An MRI of her head rules out a brain tumor. A pituitary evaluation to look for onset of puberty is unrevealing, and tests show no estrogen in the blood. More detailed history reveals that Rebecca's mother has recently taken to bathing her daughter in Victoria's Secret bath gel. The bottle says in large block lettering, for adults only. The assumption is that the bath gel contains a plant estrogen. The mother is counseled to stop the bath gel, and subsequently Rebecca's weight gain and breast development both cease. In 1990, no U.S. state had an obesity rate higher than 14%. In just 20 years, not one state is absolved from having a population with a lower obesity rate than 20%. 36 states have a prevalence of 25% or more. These numbers continue to climb with no signs of abating. Perhaps the most bizarre thing about the obesity pandemic is its spread over time. To think that this national trend is purely a mass alteration in behavioral change, state by state, is to ignore the pattern of this pandemic. Rather, it is more akin to an infectious disease, a contagion, or some other mass environmental exposure. But what can have that effect and that sort of reach? One of the issues that directed the attention to the childhood obesity epidemic and the possibility of some grand, uh, some grand and overwhelming exposure is the fact that girls have been starting puberty at increasingly younger ages. Understandably, this is causing parents undue distress. Studies have demonstrated that across ethnicities, girls are accepting exhibiting breast development as young as seven years of age, Caucasians 10%, African Americans 23%, and Latinos 15%. Many studies have since corroborated that finding, 
of earlier onset puberty in girls, but not in boys. We don't know why. Coinciding with the epidemic of early breast development in girls is the puberty or the epidemic of obesity. Could the two be related? Could it be that the breast development and perhaps also obesity is not being caused by the ovary, the true puberty, but rather by some estrogen exposure? For hundreds of years, the timing of puberty in girls has been advancing earlier and earlier. This advancement <coughs> has been attributed to improved nutrition and increased weight and fat at younger ages. Higher BMI clearly predicts earlier menarche, which suggests that obesity may be the culprit of the recent early onset of puberty. Furthermore, we know that children who constantly exercise vigorously and don't gain weight, such as gymnasts and ballet dancers, many of whom also suffer from eating disorders, don't enter puberty at all until they slow down. In addition, their growth is often stunted. This is a perfect example of how the hormone leptin is a permissive factor in the onset and progression of puberty. You have to gain a certain amount of fat to generate the leptin needed to start the process. No leptin, no puberty. Due to all the obesity, leptin levels are increasing at younger ages, but puberty really occurs as early as seven, age seven or not. We're still not sure how to interpret the data because there are two questions that have yet to be answered. The first is the appearance of the breast tissue in girls always a true sign of onset of puberty? Hmm. Could it be the fat tissue making the breast look bigger? You would have to palpate, feel the breast tissue to be sure. And many of these studies use visual inspection only. And many doctors feel uncomfortable palpating the breasts of young girls. Second, how do we know that the breast development only, truly only means puberty has begun? This is not always clear because it depends on the source of the estrogen, and we don't always know where the estrogen is coming from. Three sources of estrogen can promote breast development. First, the ovary, when the hypothalamus gets the leptin signal and it can allow puberty process to begin. Second, the fat cells, which have the enzyme that makes estrogen. The more fat, the more estrogen. This is true in both women and men. Hence, obese men get man boobs and sometimes need a manziere. Third, many, uh, any chemical in the environment that resembles estrogen which could induce breast tissue formation and fat storage, a chemical that disrupts the endocrine system, an environmental obesogen. And I'm going to stop there for today. Tomorrow we'll pick up with what is an obesogen. And this is Susan Mann for February 16, 2023, signing out. I welcome any thoughts or comments you may have. 
And at the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business. So my friends, there we have it. Making sure that we get fiber from a true source rather than uh, a bottle because it's better for us, which means eating all those fruits and veggies. With that, if there's no other thoughts or comments, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Hope you guys have a really great day. And if you get a chance to get outside and breathe some fresh air, it's a great thing.